0: Just a reminder, our podcast deals with crimes that are often violent and graphic in nature, so listener discretion is advised. So when in doubt, leave the kids out. Now, please let us take you back in time. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's podcast. I'm Shannon, and I'm here with my friend Melissa. Hello, hello. And we have a little sniffles going on, so we hope you can hear through that. Just this cold, rainy weather got to us. Yes, crazy weather. So just welcome back. We um, Today we're going to be talking about the worst woman in the world. And don't already go there and think you know who we're talking about, okay? Because she's <laughs> long past. No bad thoughts there, but her name is Lizzie Halliday, and we're going to start by going back to the or going to the country of Ireland. So I hope you'll join join us. And um, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, go back and listen to those. And we look forward to listening today. Thanks.
1: Yes, thanks. So if you're listening, let's get into the worst woman in the world. So today we're going back to 1850s
0: Ireland. A place called Antrim. During this time in the nineteenth century, it was the center of shipbuilding and linen weaving in Northern Ireland. Twenty seven thousand people were employed in the linen industry within a ten to five mile radius. Fifteen mile 15 radius. Fifteen mile radius. Oh, sorry about that. Ten to fifteen. <laughs> yeah, you can't
1: So basically <laughs> if you lived there, you worked in linen. And yeah <laughs> or yes. you built a ship. The Titanic was actually built there.
0: Oh, okay. So that's kind of it cool to It was a pretty, pretty yeah. hustle, hustle, bustle area. And I guess you can't go 10 to five miles, and <laughs> you know. But anyway, yeah. So that's kind of exciting to know about the Titanic, which kind of relates to a story we did the first week. So um, if you have ancestors that came from Antrim, then more than likely uh, that was their trade, was the linen trade. At this time in Ireland, they were recovering from a great famine, um, and it lasted from 1845 to 1851. It was a hard time for the country. Nearly one million people died, and then another million fled and immigrated elsewhere. After the famine, the native language of the country went into decline. Um, many of the speakers died in the famine. So the school system there, the national schools, had been set up right before the um, I guess right before the famine, Mm -hmm. is that when it, and they taught the classes in English, and so speaking Irish was prohibited. Uh, With all the immigration and moving that was happening, there was only a few pockets where people spoke um, their native language Irish, and then they were usually in poor rural areas. When I read that, Melissa, I thought about how sometimes people they don't keep their native language yeah. and
1: and a lot of the older generations that couldn't make it through the famine. It died with them. So, yeah.
0: And so I think that's why it's important for, for people who have a second language or it is their first language that when they move to a new area and learn a second language that they keep their first one. Mm-hmm. Cause so many times you need to be able to speak to your grandparents, grandparents. and just family members. So, um, we're so blessed. Languages are so amazing. I just, I think that's sad when a language almost goes extinct. So, um, and so we're talking today about Elizabeth Margaret McNally. She was born in Antrim in 1859. She was one of nine children. Mm. Um, So after surviving the famine, her family decided to relocate to the United States. So at this time she was a toddler. So they settled in New York city which was full of immigrants um, from all over the world, as you know, those who know history. um, And turning it turned into a true kind of a melting pot of a culture um, with all the immigrants coming in from different countries. During that time, uh, Elizabeth had a violent temper. So it was apparent, even as a younger child Mm -hmm. growing up, that she had a violent temper. It was so bad that her family, um, they just had a hard time living with her and I know sometimes we can think kids with behaviors, but this sounds worse than just your, you know, no, I don't want to do it, child. So
1: she would pick fights with her dad, with her brother, with if just something was got on her nerves, she would just lash out and attack and so bad that they kind of disowned her. They kind of kicked her out when she was a teenager. Wow. So they didn't even want to live with her at all. Like I, her mom, I can just imagine I've got these eight kids to worry about. You're <laughs> getting on my nerves. Just go.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, they've already been through a famine as a family. They've had a lot of hardships
1: and crossed the ocean. <laughs> yeah. I
0: mean, I just can't even imagine. And there was one story where she attacked her father and her sister. Um, and then even after her father died, she was known for being very passionate.
1: And dramatic.
0: Yes. screaming
1: crawling the dirt yelling and just just so dramatic
0: when her father died and so um just sounds like she had uh probably an undiagnosed uh definitely something yeah something going on
1: (laughs) we're not we don't want to play doctor (laughs) yeah um, and have people yell at us that's right um,
0: but something was going on up in her brain yeah yeah
1: Is she uh, just an example of how quick tempered and just how angry she was. Like she was working odd jobs and her family kicked her out when she was a teenager. She's, you know, doing what she can. And somebody made a comment or teased at her at one of her jobs and she just threw a knife at him. Oh, wow. And another incident was she was a little girl. You know, little girls can be annoying sometimes. They can be loud. She just turned around and spit at this little girl in her face. Wow. That's
0: (laughs) just mm, nasty and sad that she had that kind of
1: personality. So but with that personality she was able to get married five times. I know. I don't <laughs> I don't quite get it.
0: Unless What is with these women? These men were under duress uh. and just Woo. <laughs> 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 I know. Each week it seems like we have <laughs> somebody we're talking about with multiple, multiple. husbands. So. so she ends up so in
1: 1879 she marries Charles Hopkins, which his real name was Ketspool Brown. And, you know, the older, it's just amazing how someone can just go by something else. I mean, you can't do that now. It's harder. But um, Ketspool Brown was what um, his real name was. But Charles Hopkins was what he did business with, I guess. Um, Together, they had one son. And I couldn't find anything else about him other than it said he was institutionalized. Okay. So I don't know what was going on there. Um, But their marriage only lasted three years. So this is the longest marriage she she has. Wow! <laughs> so our okay. first three one was years. kind of uh, three years, and then Hopkins dies, and so oh, okay. it left Elizabeth a widow. And his death was thought to be typhoid fever. He was sick, but uh, later gets questioned when her crimes, you know, come to light, and we see how she really is. So we're not one hundred percent sure if it was a victim number one or if it just happened that way. Okay. Wow. But So that's first husband number one. All right. Now let's open door number two <laughs> for a husband number two. What What's his name? He She marries Artemis Brewer. So this is a war veteran, and he dies within their first year of marriage. Wow. And I could not find anything else about him other than he just less than a year. They said he was a pension owner. You know, he was a veteran, so he was probably getting yes. some form of disability or something like that. And they got married, and then he dies. Okay. All right. So now we have Hiram Parkinson. This is number three.
0: Door number three. Yep. She's got some interesting names for husbands. <laughs> so we start out with Ketts pool, then Artemis, and then Hiram. Hiram.
1: Okay. But he leaves her within a year.
0: Oh, I guess he, he left he, her. He got wind
1: of something was up and he he split. Okay. Um, so then it's on to the next. So this is what we're on number four. Wow. Number four. So George Smith. Okay, so this name sounds pretty average yeah. to normal. Did, did this one last, Melissa? Well, he was a friend of her second husband. so or He knew Artemis, so she ran kind of in the circle with, with this George Smith. Okay. And so she actually tried to poison him with a cup of tea. Ooh, okay. <laughs> but she was unsuccessful, so he survives, and she takes everything she can and leaves the house. Because she thought she was going
0: to get caught? She thought she was going to get in trouble. So okay. she tries
1: to poison him and... He survives. Okay. He was very fortunate then. Mm-hmm. So now she runs off to Bellows Falls, Vermont. So uh-huh. there she gets married again. So this time it's to Charles Plastel. Okay. And that marriage lasted two weeks. Two weeks. Before I... she splits, it. she leaves this time. So I wonder how long they dated
0: before they got married. I... <laughs> that, that would be an interesting question, because if they were only married for two weeks, how long did they date prior? To two weeks. I mean, that just seems like a lot of work if you didn't know them long, and then you're done in two weeks. I have weeks, no so. idea.
1: So then she ends up popping up in Philadelphia. So she seeks out the McQuillan family. Now, this is a family that used to be her neighbors back in Ireland that have immigrated over. And so, she seeks out some friends. So, they kind of help her out.
0: You know what amazes me with all the technology, Facebook, Twitter, all that we have now? How these people can find, you know. Y'all don't even know my
1: neighbors on the
0: (laughs) I know. Most people don't know their neighbors. And she found somebody (laughs) somewhere else after she's been married all these times. And she locates them. It just, I don't know. It just blows my mind how people could still do what they wanted to do even without technology. Yeah.
1: That's so funny. what happens after she meets them? So she, she opens up a shop, and I, it doesn't even stay open long, basically long enough for the insurance policy to oh, kick in, oh, wow. and then it burns down for the insurance money, which, okay. you know, we've went through that before. Yeah, we, yes. know, we know people who've done that. But in her fire, it actually damaged residences and other buildings and it caused a bunch of problems. So she ends up getting arrested, and it lands her two years in an eastern penitentiary. She's in an insane asylum for two years. Okay. So, you know, so far we've been through five husbands. Yes. Two were dead. Yes. One was poisoned, but survived. Right. One left, and then she left the other one. And she's not even 30 right now. Not even 30. To have accomplished, well, if you call it accomplished, but to have done (laughs) all
0: of this. She is a successful businesswoman, Melissa. Okay. (laughs) Haven't we found that out by now? Well, we're on episode number (laughs) four. four. and these are successful people. I mean, they know how to do a job and get money. And, it, you know,
1: so I don't know. Interesting. They're smart at a young age. Well, shortly after her release, she meets Paul Halliday. So he's a Civil War veteran. He's in his 60s, widowed, and has five children. One of the children has special needs and still lives at home. So okay. there are all five adult children. One lives at home. So she actually ends up working for him as a housekeeper at first. Okay. And then eventually they just get married. But there were several articles that said that neighbors were making comments like maybe he just married her so he wouldn't have to pay her. So she could just continue to do the housework. See, I read that,
0: (laughs) but she seems pretty um, deceptive. So I'm thinking that she probably wooed him because, you know, once they get married, she has ties to Mm -hmm. his, you know, inheritance. So I'm, I think the
1: other way around, but maybe you never know. Just my thoughts. Yeah, never know. But shortly after their marriage, the, their house, the barn, and a nearby mill caught fire. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, again, she likes to play with fire. Play with fire and poison. Uh, yeah, so she escapes and goes to get help. But Paul's son, unfortunately, the one with special needs, was trapped inside, oh, and sad. he died. So, oh. And despite the suspicion that she had something to do with it, and neighbors even saw her outside laughing mm oh wow outside the burning building there's no evidence to prove that she had something to do with it okay. um so you know there she is so then she steals a team of horses with the young neighbor and runs off oh my goodness wow it said they eloped, but i don't know if they got married because he ends up deserting her so apparently they make it as far as Newburg, and then he just leaves like maybe he was just using her as an excuse to help me get these you know, these horses and let's leave. Okay. But um, then he left her with the horses. Yep, And like. she tries to sell them and then she gets arrested. Okay. And then she gets sent to an asylum. Okay. Wow. So a lot going on with her right Adventurous. now.
0: Adventurous. So she's stolen the horses. She gets caught cause the neighbor, he ditches her and basically, leaves her with um with all of the horses and they she gets called and when she gets caught she says that she's insane so she <laughs> pleads insanity and that's where we um we're talking about she went to the uh, um the asylum mm-hmm. then after all of that after burning down the house burns down the barn and her husband Paul his son is left in the house and he dies after all of that Paul Her husband comes to her rescue, Um, which is another reason I'm thinking the marriage. It wasn't just because, you know, he didn't want to have to pay her. Because why would he rescue after she runs off with the neighbor, steals horses? So um, Paul comes to her rescue and he actually appeals for her release and takes her back to the farm. I wonder if they have horses (laughs) (laughs) or she got a horse as a parting gift. Then he disappears. Can, wow. So he comes in.
1: Comes in and bails her out, appeals to the judges, takes her home, and then he, yeah. he
0: disappears. So the neighbors who,
1: these must be
0: like on neighborhood watch or something. They must have those little signs. He thinks like
1: the bewitch lady with the blonde Yeah. Always <laughs>
0: they're always watching because these neighbors, they. What was they,
1: her name? Gladys Cry Was it Kravitz? Anyway. Or,
0: I can't remember, but Cavett's, I don't know. So anyway, <laughs> um, she keeps telling the story to her neighbors. She just tells different stories about Paul's whereabouts and she never has the same story. And so the neighbors grow suspicious. Um, the local authorities were involved and they actually obtained a warrant to search the ground. So I guess. They must've
1: been bored that
0: week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I guess the neighbors, you know, they kept, calling in probably after everything they'd seen so yeah. maybe they thought well let's figure it out there, there's well and plus her in the horses yeah she so. has a history yeah um and remember she's not even 30 right yeah so <laughs> this very active adventurous lady um when they go to search the grounds they find two bodies or two women um the bodies of two women in the barn margaret and sarah McQuillan. They were the mother-daughter pair and former friends that helped her out when she needed somewhere to stay in Philadelphia. Her neighbors. So are they the ones that used to be in Ireland Mm -hmm. too? Okay. Yeah. All right. So then Lizzie was arrested for those murders and a deeper investigation was underway. Next, they found Paul's body. Poor Paul. He was under the floorboards of the house, which is, you know, so sad. He came to rescue her from... You know, probably a small room and then she puts him under the floorboards and no respect for him. Um, so that was added to the list of her charges with all of the other charges. So uh, she was sentenced to death uh, with the electric chair, which she was going to be the first, first female,
1: female ever to be electrocuted
0: and was held um, at the Sullivan County Jail. At the time of her murders, Jack the Ripper was raising havoc uh, with English women across the pond. There were some news articles at the time that speculated that uh, Halliday, that she was actually perhaps the Ripper herself. So if you want to talk about that. uh,
1: If you search Jack the Ripper and you um, try to read some of those stories, uh, you'll find her name mentioned. I think it was more of a catch to sell papers because it had kind of hit the national spotlight and you know people in america were terrified you've got some um crazy serial killer going around um targeting english women targeting women and and she even was asked and she was interviewed and she's like do i you know a man did those like are you crazy yeah um so i don't think she had anything to do with it i think it was more of they were trying to sell papers
0: yeah, I mean, she just poisons and burns things down, so <laughs> and throws knives. So, yeah, um, so she was that's kind of like when we walk in the supermarket, all those fake magazines, Cowboys, yeah. and, and now they can piece pictures together and all of that. So, um, so this was probably like you said, just to sell out papers, and she had no involvement in it,
1: but she did. I mean, being the dramatic person that she was, I mean, her time in jail was not not, you know dull at any moment, and I imagine no one would want to be cellmates with this lady. You know, she's dubbed the worst woman in the world. <laughs> yes, they were probably begged not to be in her cell. Um, so, she refused to eat? Yeah, soon as soon as she was um, in custody, she refused to eat so much so that the jail physicians had to hold her down and squirt liquid up her nose, and oh. she had to be fed through tubes, wow. and um, she fought so hard, she just refused to eat. Um, she tried to strangle herself with the bottom of her prison dress, like cut, cut a rim around the bottom and tried to strangle it. Um, she set her bed sheets on fire. Uh, she broke a window and took the broken glass and tried to slash her own throat. Um, and then she, she tried to hurt the sheriff's wife. Yeah. Did? She always oh, tried to strangle the sheriff's wife. Yeah. Why the sheriff's wife was anywhere near this woman. I, I can't figure that out Me either. Why there would be any reason for her to be there. Um, and then one article I said when she was sentenced, um, I read that she jumped across the table and bit the sheriff in his hand, and eventually his hand had to be like amputated. But it, I couldn't co- like confirm that anywhere. But I'm she's sure. just a wild, she was a wild card. Yes, it <laughs> sounds like it. Um, so it,
0: sh- did you mention she had to be chained? No, no, no. Okay. So the,
1: after all of this, trying to slash her own throat, strangle the sheriff's wife, you know, setting bedsheets on fire, and they, they eventually chained her to the floor. So she would not hurt herself or anyone else around her.
0: So even though she was sentenced to the electric chair,
1: did she ever make it? Somehow she was commuted. Um, I Imagine due to the insanity pleas and the situations that were happening at the prison. Um, Because she actually spent the rest of her days at a Matawan Hospital for the Criminally Insane. So before we
0: get to, you know, telling the rest of it. I'm just having a picture that she must have had some kind of different personality where she could be sweet because to have that many husbands and she's under 30. So I wonder what, if she had like an attractiveness to her. Turn it
1: on, turn it off again. Yeah. Well, she, the,
0: <laughs> Did you read anything? I, but, well,
1: I've read that she was often described as not pretty and she was not, I don't like to talk about people, but she was not a pretty person. Uh, okay, okay. Um, and just nasty, horrible attitude and and violent temper. I really just do not know how she managed to, to if it was to charm her way through through five different marriages. I wonder if uh, she once she could had them in
0: her trust. Maybe she did at first or something, and then the other side came out.
1: I mean, was, I mean I master just, manipulator yeah, of some sort. it just
0: blows my mind. So, all right, so you were saying her sentence was commuted, and mm-hmm. she spent the rest of her days at the
1: Madawan Hospital for the Criminally Insane. Yep, but even while she was there, she tried to escape several times. She assaulted staff. She just was just not a picnic of a person to hang out with. Um, and, in fact, one nurse, I guess, uh, Nellie Wicks, um, in 1906, uh, was having a conversation with her and told her, you know, Hey, Lizzie, I'm not going to work here anymore. I'm going to be somewhere else. And she didn't like that too much. And she stabbed this nurse 200 times.
0: Wow. That's rage. That, I mean, the, passionate, but, passionate rage that that's, dramatic. <laughs> so here, here's why I'm just having to keep mentioning this is because you're going to quit a job and there's somebody that is as mean and angry and just has done all kinds of things. Why are you even telling her that you're not going to I wouldn't have work told that
1: when like, peace out ladies. See you later. Way yeah. from across the I room. I wouldn't have even said <laughs> bye. I would
0: just <laughs> left that day and then I would have never, you know, worried about it again. So there's something. I Maybe they had
1: befriended each other. I don't they know. They could have befriended
0: each other. So poor Nellie, she was going to go get another job and, stabbed over 200 times um wow so
1: despite being logged away you know through the key this is where you're gonna be forever for hurting people she still manages to murder somebody yeah that blows
0: my mind <laughs> it blows my mind and Nelly must have gotten a little bit close to her inside must have walked too close and uh, mm. who knows she was probably in there perfecting how to you Know to get around the floor and do things, who knows? But
1: <laughs> so, what happened to Lizzie? So, Lizzie, she lived out the rest of her days, she died in June of 1918, okay. and she's buried on the ground to the hospital in an unmarked grave. So, did she die before she was 30? Uh, of course, we'll that's see. math. That's so math. We don't that's do math. math. I'm not we just doing do crime
0: podcast, not math. Nope. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> So this, this is obviously the worst woman in the world. And I think we probably topped a lot of other women that hopefully none of you out there were thinking about.
1: Well, if you were thinking about one that you truly think is worse than she is, please email us and I let mean, us know. Yeah. OldTimeCrimeGals at gmail.com. Cause I'm, I'm interested to find another article of someone who's worse than she was.
0: Wow. I think that yeah. would be, I <laughs> can't imagine. I'm sure there is somebody out there, but. It's, it is sad because this is evil and it's just a sad thing. But uh, but anyway, thanks for listening to us. and Hanging this, out with us
1: through these yes. sniffles and cold weather.
0: And talking about Lizzie Halliday, not to be confused with holiday, because it would not be a holiday to be with her.
1: <laughs> yes, pun accomplished. Um, <laughs> <sighs> so just remember we're Melissa and Shannon with Old Time Crime Gals. And remember,
0: oh, yes, do the crime and it's going to catch up with you in time. And then we'll
1: talk about it.